0: It is the first week of April. This is April 1st as well. David, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Trying to sift through this sea of both real and fake news trying to put this uh, weekly roll-up agenda together. April 1st is a harder time in crypto than in any other industry. Uh, And for those those that uh, aren't, this is their first April 1st in crypto, congratulations. We take this seriously in in, in the crypto world. Uh, I remember uh, one of, uh, to this day, Vitalik released a proposal to hard cap the ETH supply on April 1st. And no one knows if it was an April Fool's joke or not, like to this day. Uh, So it's a special day in the world of crypto oh bankless has certainly carried on that
0: tradition more when we wait get to we the did an april Fool's joke. Maybe i mean no it's up to uh, it's <laughs> up to the listener to decide whether it was an april full joke <laughs> or not anyway guys you're listening to this on a friday morning we hope you are enjoying this with your morning routine with your morning copy coffee. coffee we're hitting the market releases news take ending with what we're both excited about um The schedule, this comes out every Friday morning, we release it on YouTube. We also release it on the podcast. David, you ready to get to the markets? Let's do it. There's so much to talk about in the markets. All right, David, let's talk about Bitcoin, King Bitcoin. How's Bitcoin hanging in this week?
1: Almost above $60,000, once again, $58,940, fluctuating in that very high $50,000 range. Um, And hopefully we are breaking through all-time highs with Bitcoin sometime soon. Traders are getting bullish. The market is getting bullish. Uh, But also Bitcoin not being the leader this last week. That is an interesting story as well. All right, well, tell me who the leader is. Actually, I'm going to flip to it. Is ETH the leader, David? I think ETH is the leader. Still also not at all time highs, but closer to previous all time highs than Bitcoin. Ether coming in hot at $1, $1,968. $1,968. A strong show of force from the the low, low price of $1,600 that we started uh, this week at. Um, for the, the entire, uh, this last week, it's been up and to the right. Uh, sentiment really brewing positively for Ether. ETH2K, my friend. I'm excited to get back out the party hats and
0: celebrate another 2000 milestone. We'll see if it hits this. Maybe it will have hit this by the time you listen to this tomorrow morning. David, let's move to total locked value in DeFi. Looks like uh, I'm zoomed out to the to the 90 day here, but
1: um, what it's been doing recently, is, it's kind of flat hanging mm-hmm. at
0: 44 billion or so.
1: Yeah, and again, really kind of just looking like the ETH chart, especially as Ether price is going up and more Ether is in DeFi, uh, it's, it's basically just an extension of the ETH chart, as it kind of has been.
0: All right, let's talk DPI, and I hope you tell us whether it's DeFi season or not, or maybe we're in this in-between world. What is DPI doing
1: this week? Yeah, DPI $430 at the time of recording. I believe it's down versus Ether over the week, Uh, and that's always, to me, the more interesting metric, uh, DPI versus ETH. But DPI versus dollars, doing a strong show of force. Uh, not as high as its previous all-time high, which I believe is around $480. Um, but still, uh, if you're in DeFi tokens, you are doing doing pretty okay. Doing, doing pretty okay. And someone corrected me, I, actually, uh, last week. I, I think I said
0: there were 10 tokens in DeFi. I believe there's now 12 tokens mm-hmm. in DeFi, of course, in the DPI, rather. Um, new tokens get added to the DPI all of the time. They have a methodology. They have mm-hmm. a criteria for doing that. You can read all about it uh, somewhere else. Uh, maybe we'll put it in the show notes. But um, the DeFi Pulse Index is always changing. But but it, it tries to do is serve as a benchmark and index for the top DeFi tokens, and that's certainly what it has been this year. Uh, okay, uh, let's. That my this favorite chart. chart. Yeah. Here you want to zoom DPI. out? Zoom out
1: to that three-month uh, time horizon, Ryan. You want me to zoom out to three months? Okay. there yeah. we go. Yeah, still down versus Ether, right? So in the cycle of Bitcoin to Ether to DeFi tokens, I think perhaps we are still in that Ether. It's still ETH time. Um, DeFi season is still on pause waiting for Ether to actually maybe take the reins, question mark. Um, It's been down versus Ether since all of March. DPI has been down versus ETH uh, against ETH or all of March. That's pretty crazy.
0: Interesting. So we're maybe in this in-between season. We're not quite sure what Mm -hmm. season we're in. We're just about to transition rather maybe to Bitcoin, maybe to ETH, maybe to to DPI. We'll see. (laughs) David already knows. (laughs) What's Chris Berninski saying these days? Look, I'm looking at a chart, but let me read the tweet first. Our friend Chris Berninski is saying, with Bitcoin at 60K and ETH Bitcoin, that's the ratio, looking like it wants to push towards the 200-week moving average again. That places ETH around... $2,500. Chris is bullish. He's doing some technical analysis. Mm -hmm. You know, I think of Chris as a fundamentals investor, but he also dabbles in the technical analysis here in the trading. Uh, What's he telling us?
1: Yeah. Chart Chris is the best Chris in my opinion. (laughs) We all want chart Chris and and, uh, he only gives it to us a very little bit. But yeah, what he's saying is that uh, the ETH-BTC ratio is, uh, from what he's saying, there seems to be a band that is it is uh, marching up a channel that is going up and to the right. And we are on the low end of that channel, perhaps going to the high end of that channel. And that high end of that channel is, the low end of that channel is roughly 0.3 Ether per Bitcoin. Uh, and that then he thinks that perhaps we're going to that high end of the channel where there is uh, 0. 0.42 Ether per Bitcoin. Uh, and again, that that puts Ether at a dollar price of $2,500, which seems totally reasonable. Just $500 get above previous all-time highs seems about right.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. So I, I like chart Chris too, but I also like price prediction, Chris. Mm-hmm. And Chris has always been calling for like higher highs this cycle, a lot higher highs, right? Mm-hmm. So like, you know, 10k ETH is not out of the question. Right. Uh, certainly for Chris, he's been he's been bullish the whole way. Um, all right, who's this? Lemonade Alpha. This is somebody from uh, the Index Co-op, mm-hmm. which actually manages the DPI uh, and other associated tokens. But this is Index Co-op daily revenue. And what's cool about this is Index Co-op is a DAO that manages these indices these these sets that are put out um, of tokens that you can buy like dpis one such token and the revenue growth has been pretty crazy here um this is daily revenue growth and if these assets just continue you can see that you know, like the potential for this to to keep going up and up and up what's your take here
1: yeah, I, I, I think there's so much dormant potential in the index co-op. I think they have a really streamlined process. Um, Bankless has been talking to them about an index, question mark. Hmm, what's going on there? Uh, the interesting story here is the ETH2X uh, uh, FLI token, which is brand new. Uh, the FLI, I believe, stands for Flexible Long Index. Yeah, and so it's a single token that has a dollar price associated to it. And that dollar price goes up or down twice as fast as ETH does it's a single token that leverages a 2x to long position on ether the asset it's got some crazy DeFi magic behind the scenes so it's got a a debt position in it as well Uh, and and so when you buy into it you are in uh, buying into a debt position that is leveraged long ether uh, and this has really been part of the conversation in crypto Twitter and DeFi trading Twitter. Um, and there I believe there is over $10 million uh, allocated into the 2X ETH FLI token. Uh, and wow. that's been growing up, growing very fast. And so it's already uh, become a very substantial part of index revenue. Uh, and I think this is just going to be the first of many leveraged index tokens Um BTC next, other DeFi tokens next. Why not? Let's just get this FLI you know model out for every Let's leverage token. everything. Yeah, leverage everything. Leverage L- all everything. Yeah. Uh huh. Why why have one x the pain when you can have two
0: x the pain <laughs> and two x the gain? Of <laughs> course, I'm sold. David, sign me up. FLI sounds we, great. It's product talk- <laughs> market fit. <laughs> it is, especially for this market. um mm-hmm. Guys, be careful when you're trading leverage products. Of course, I hope that goes without saying. Here is not FLI. This is f-i-l file coin completely so file different. coin completely different what is this is a fully diluted valuation i'm looking at mm-hmm. of
1: 383 billion 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 yes With yeah a B? so here's a lesson this is bigger than this is bigger than eth right now this is uh i think it, i think it's tied pretty closely to eth which is absolutely crazy it's um I know. I think you're actually right. Yeah. No, you are right. Because it is higher than uh, Wells Fargo, or not Wells Fargo, uh, Walmart. It is the, the Filecoin. Why did you say Wells Fargo, David? Uh, well, we're going to get to that. Uh, <laughs> if FL, uh, F-I-L, which is the Filecoin Decentralized Storage um, uh, Protocol it has a higher market cap than Walmart. And this is a lesson in the difference between market cap and fully diluted market cap. There's not very many trading tokens out there. Uh, and yet, because people keep on buying them for some reason, the if, if you take in the market cap of all the non-circulating tokens, you come up to almost $400 billion, making it, I think, like the world's 17th most valuable asset. There's no way that this is worth that much. This is just- Doesn't make sense. It's a byproduct of bull market froth. It doesn't make sense yet. People are buying into it. Uh, I would would proceed with caution is what I have to say with this.
0: Yeah, you know, like fully fully diluted valuation is is an interesting metric because it can also depend on what the future issuance rate is Mm -hmm. of of the asset, right? So you have to factor that into- um, but but in any case, the interesting thing about many protocols is that um, the, the the issuance can be sort of chain, changed. Um, you know, NBA Top Shots. I um, I threw a, a a tweet about this, but it's fully diluted market cap was something like 50 billion. Um, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I'm not sure what it is now, and I know that's uh, some news. But like, make sure you're checking the fully diluted valuation of these tokens and total supply, and and ask yourself carefully if. Um, this is a good buy based on who has the current supply and what the future issuance is. Uh, $383 billion with a B does not seem like a good valuation to enter in for almost any asset right. in crypto. Um, besides maybe ETH, uh, and Bitcoin, Bitcoin yeah. those mm-hmm. sorts of things that have proven themselves. All right. Um, David, we're going to get to the news in just a minute, but before we do, we want to tell folks about the sponsors that made this Roll Ups episode possible
1: gemini is the world's most trusted cryptocurrency exchange i've been a customer of gemini since i first got into crypto in 2017 and it's been my main exchange of choice to make my crypto buys and sells gemini is available in all 50 states and in over 50 countries worldwide and on gemini there are markets for over 30 various different crypto assets including many of the hot DeFi tokens and it's one of the few exchanges that has liquid DAI markets Gemini just launched their Earn program, where you can earn up to 7.4% interest on 26 various crypto assets. If you're tired of paying fees in DeFi, or you don't want to worry about DeFi exploits, but you still want to earn interest on your crypto assets, Gemini Earn is the product for you. Another product I'm stoked to get my hands on is the Gemini Crypto Back Credit Card, which gives you 3% cash back on all of your purchases, but paid to you in your preferred crypto asset. When I get my Gemini credit card, I'm going to make sure that I get my cash back in ETH. So whenever I buy something, I get a little bit of ETH bonus back to me at the same time. You can open up a free account in under three minutes at gemini.com slash go bankless. And if you trade more than $100 within the first 30 days after sign up, you'll be gifted a free $15 Bitcoin bonus. Check them out at gemini.com slash go bankless. Aave is a borrowing and lending protocol on Ethereum and just recently released Aave version two, which has a ton of cool new features that makes using Aave even more powerful. With Ave you can leverage the full power of DeFi money legos yield and composability all in one application. One of Aave's V2 features is the ability to swap collateral without having to withdraw your assets, trade them on Uniswap, and then deposit them back into Aave. Aave does all of this for you, all in one seamless transaction. So you don't have to repay loans in order to change the collateral you have backing them. Check out the power of Aave at That's Aave.com. That's A A V E.com.
0: All right David, let's get to the news. The first one, this is hot. ZK EVM in May. This is ZK Sync. Okay, so just some context here, right? We've talked a lot about the difference between Ethereum sidechains, which are not secured by Ethereum and Ether token, and Ethereum layer 2, which is secured. Anything layer 2 is secured by the Ethereum network and Ether token. Uh, we've talked about the Different rollups that are layer two. So, Optimistic rollups is one, Arbitrum is another. There are other rollup solutions. And then we've also talked about ZK rollups. If you want more info on these things, go check out a podcast we did previously from Vitalik. I think he explains the difference very well. But the promised land for all of this, even according to Vitalik, the long term goal is to have an EVM. So, that provides the expressiveness of the Ethereum mainnet inside of a ZK rollup. That's kind of the promised land for scalability. And here's ZK Sync talking about presenting a, uh, an update on that, potentially a ZK
1: EVM in May.
0: What's this about, David?
1: Yeah, the, this uh, this gets into cryptographic magic which is a little bit beyond me, but they are, cr- are implementing a mainnet version of ZK Sync which has much more full feature uh, which is much more full v- featured than I think we initially expected to be coming this year, which is kind of crazy. Uh, e- included uh, in this is NFTs are available on ZK uh, ZK Sync, which is not something that I thought was anywhere close because NFTs are harder uh, with ZK roll-ups. Um, but the fact that, that this is getting announced sometime soon is pretty crazy. Uh, the, the, the through line here is there's always going to be some sort of tug, in, tug of war between something like optimistic roll-ups and something like ZK roll-ups. Uh, and each one is going to provide its own benefits and merits at some sort of timeline. And it seems like this timeline is maybe getting moved up.
0: Yeah, it's awesome because all of these Layer 2 solutions are uh, competing, they're rushing to get out the door and to develop and build on top of it. So the public test net for ZK Sync is in May 2021, Mainnet August 2021. I haven't looked into all the details, not sure how full-featured it's going to be, but it is exciting nonetheless, the prospect of a ZK roll-up with an EVM inside of it. Um, let's just talk about Ethereum's Layer 2. Diversify put out this fire... Tweet, which just puts a bunch of logos on the screen and categorizes these logos: infrastructure, you know, uh, wallet, swap, everybody in the Ethereum ecosystem that is working on Layer Two specifically. David, if I'm a competitor and I'm looking at this slide, right? Maybe that gets to our meme of the week mm-hmm. hint. We'll talk about that later. If I'm looking at this slide, right? I mean. This just looks like I'm not just competing with Ethereum. I, I'm competing with like the entire Ethereum ecosystem. Right. That's pretty hard. Those network effects are, are pretty in,
1: entrenched. What are you getting from this uh, image here? Yeah, the cool thing is, is that they actually have, uh, granted they have multiple logos in different spots, right? So loopering, you see that in infrastructure, you also see it in wallets, you also see it in exchange, uh, you also see it in payments. Uh, That's actually kind of one of the cool things about loopering is it does all of these things. And so uh, we're kind of double counting here, um, but it's also one of the powers of composability and uh, and just expressiveness in L2s, why expressiveness in ZK Sync is is so powerful. Uh, One uh, L2 can do multiple things. Things. the the network effect and we ethereum people have been chanting this for years now the network effects on ethereum it's almost too late and like i can't say that it is too late because i don't know the future but like you said like imagine having to reconstruct all of this stuff which is being built out in so many different directions by different teams it's 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 it's, it's you can't keep up can't keep up. David, you know what I think is a good heuristic? It's kind of the 10x rule,
0: right? Which is like in order to get an ecosystem or, you know, people to switch something, mm-hmm. the technology has to be a 10x improvement. You know, Bitcoin's 10x improvement over any sort of store of value in the real world gold. Ethereum, I, I would argue, is a 10x improvement on Bitcoin, right? Mm-hmm. With with its expressivity, its programmability, yep. with this DeFi ecosystem, with proof of stake, with all of these things, 10x. Uh, I'm struggling to see the next 10x improvement on Ethereum in the in the current crop, right? So right. I do think if there is a, a successor to Ethereum, it'll probably look a lot different than Ethereum. Like right. we might not even see it coming, right. or we might not even call it an ETH killer. That's sort of a, a rule of thumb I've, I've thought. But of course, it doesn't seem like that in the bull run.
1: <laughs> I think the 10x, the, the way that we 10x Ethereum is on Ethereum not replacing ethereum it's something like the app layer right if we want to improve of what make make ethereum 10x better it's going to come out of the app layer and that's kind of the whole point
0: yeah absolutely um all right paypal paypal launching crypto checkout service uh that means all paypal customers 29 million merchants as well will be able to receive funds in crypto so basically what this is i understand it you have eth you have um bitcoin you have even like litecoin things like that um you can you know just use those currencies in your paypal wallet and check out any paypal merchant
1: 30 million of them almost um how big is this oh this this is huge this just makes the usability of these crypto assets as money uh far better like we can finally like check out with crypto is this is now the thing like we can now check out with crypto with the paypal integration uh and so being bankless, but also purchasing something on your on, you know, while you're just shopping, uh, is now done uh, done on PayPal, right? So like you can hold all your crypto money, and then you can go buy your thing, and you can pay with your crypto money. It's absolutely fantastic. Interestingly, they still had the there's still some improvement that needs to be done, I think, in the marketing because if you look at the uh, picture that they use, they have the XRP oh, wow. they have the XRP icon in there along with Bitcoin and Litecoin. For some reason, yeah. people still think that we want to pay in Litecoin when we don't. We would like to instead pay with USDC and DAI. Um, I do believe that they have USDC, but I don't believe that they have DAI. Um, yeah, you know, but not not going to knock them. Um, nice job, PayPal. Keep it going. How about some ERC-20 tokens? Let's get those, more of those <laughs> just, integrated.
0: Like this is the DeFi mullet thesis, right? Which, mm-hmm. is, which is the... Um, the uh, fintech in front and DeFi in the back. And that, that's exactly what what um, PayPal is building. They're building on crypto, rails, ERC20s are coming. That's next. Stablecoins virtually guaranteed after this move. Um, David, let's talk about this. We're actually, you know, I said this whole section was uh, news. It's releases, isn't it? We're talking about all yeah. the releases that, yeah. that happened. Uh, introducing Element. David, what is Element? ElementFi got some big investors behind it. Is this a cool new DeFi primitive, DeFi thing? What is it?
1: Yeah, yeah, D- new DeFi money Lego. And so I, I tried to figure out how this totally works, and I didn't really get too far. So I'm just gonna read out the, the section that I think is important. The element protocol at its core works by splitting the base asset positions. And so think of a collateralized lending uh, application like Compound or Aave, uh, splitting the base asset positions, ETH, BTC, USDC, into two distinct separate tokens. The principal token, the deposit, the collateral, and the yield token, the upcoming interest. And so there's now two tokens, As a result of your deposits and so this splitting mechanism allows users to sell their principal as a fixed rate income position further leveraging or increasing exposure to the interest without any liquidation risk. Uh, The competitive activity along with custom curve built a custom curve built on balancer V2 is what drives the high fixed yield markets bringing liquidity to fixed income yield while minimizing slippage and fees as the discount decreases, ultimately up opening the door to a number of new DeFi primitives. So more surface area is my takeaway. There's uh, now instead of just like depositing collateral into Aave and then that being a position, now we are more granularly able to talk. Are we talking about the principle of that position or the yield of that position? And which one of those do we want to build off of? Now we have tokens to build off of each. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, fixed fixed rate income markets. Like we have a, ver- a lot of
0: variable interest rates. So if you deposit in Ave, right, mm-hmm. like you know your interest could be five percent one day, could be ten percent the next, could be two percent the next, right? Um, getting to fixed income rate um, assets is is important. It's all part of the the, the um, movement that we're seeing in DeFi, which is speed running traditional finance. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's what's happening next. Speaking of which, optimistic Ethereum. Layer two, synthetics on layer two. They've now integrated staking. What I think is cool about this is if you look at sort of MetaMask, look at this, David. Oh, so you got MetaMask. It's so just, awesome. We just great switch networks. Experience. Right. So in MetaMask, where you're on the Ethereum um, mainnet, you could just swap over to Optimism. Synthetics is there. Now you can stake with synthetics on the, the optimistic rollups. Like the cool thing about all this stuff, especially with optimistic rollups, uh, and Arbitrum rollups and this sort of thing is everything that you use today in DeFi just works mm-hmm. right out of the box. Mm-hmm. So your MetaMask wallet, like Ledger, all of this stuff is just going to work. And it's the same protocols you know and love, but fast. UX is going to be great. So this is in production right now. Synthetics, of course, has been kind of pioneering the way with with optimism. And uh, next is, is Uniswap. They're going to be on there too. So it, it, pretty exciting, I think, in the world of... Um, Ethereum Layer Two.
1: Yeah, this little GIF is just a really good job of explaining how L2s work. There's like it's going to be a contract on Ethereum where you send your money, and when you put it in that contract, it sends it over to the L2, and then you just switch your MetaMask. You point your MetaMask to a different. Uh, implementation of the EVM, one will be the, o- the uh, OEVM if it's on optimistic rollups, and you're just pointing to a new chain. Uh, and the cool thing is that, that chain has the same assurances that Ethereum does. And now you don't have to use any new infrastructure. You're just, you're just, you went through the portal and now you're on the other side and now your money and your and transactions are instant and cheap and it's the same infrastructure that we are all familiar with. So the, the the getting it's one thing to build out scalable L2s, it's another thing to make this uh, the UI and UX seamless and the fact that we can use and recycle all of our same infrastructure is really awesome.
0: Can't wait. All right, uh Faye Labs, Fay had a Genesis this week. I it's mm-hmm. still in 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 process as we're recording this. Uh, Faye is kind of a, a it's a stable coin. It's a mm-hmm. different take on a stable coin, similar in some respects to Maker, except rather than sort of collateral being, being controlled by individual CDP creators, it's actually controlled by the protocol. There's a lot of detail here, and honestly, a lot of complexity here. We have covered all of this in an alpha leak that we sent out to bankless premium members. We sent that out the day this thing launched. Um, the cool opportunity, uh, it, to the extent it still exists, is you can actually deposit your ETH into the FAE contract. You get FAE, Uh, But you're also rewarded in tribe Genesis tokens. These are the governance tokens for the FAE protocol. I know a number of uh, folks in in the bankless community have have tried this out and, and used this. Uh, and are excited for this kind of, you know, quasi elements of a fair launch, the governance community getting distributed to the early Genesis believers of the project. I'm not sure where Faye ends up. There are a ton of stablecoin solutions these days, David, but like we're super excited to see the innovation in stablecoins because ultimately we have to move from stablecoins like USDC and Tether to crypto backed stablecoins that are hundred percent uh, trustless and decentralized. And this new crop seems to be moving in that direction. Things like rye, you mm-hmm. know, you said this last week, rye is being a real stable coin rather than crypto dollars. So it's exciting to see these sorts of things.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's just fitting in the thesis that what can be built will be built uh, on Ethereum. And uh, this is not built yet. The I believe the contract will finish. Uh, receiving ether by end of my saturday end of u.s saturday um and so you as a listener to this on friday have roughly one and a half more days to figure out if you want to be a part of this or not do absolutely your own all right david you ready to get to news let's do it we're we starting with fin- Are we n- finally announcing we're announcing it
0: all right we sold yeah. out
1: <laughs> <laughs> Bankless Acquired by Wells Fargo
0: was the headline published Congratulations, on-
1: Congratulations, <laughs> Ryan.
0: <laughs> All right. So this was published on April 1st. Okay. Mm-hmm. April 1st. First. Right. <laughs> Keep that in mind. And the title of this Bankless article, I sent it out. Bankless Acquired by Wells Fargo, dear Bankless Nation, huge news today. Huge news. Break up with your bank has been our mantra since day one. But today, I'm happy to add a slight addendum to that mantra. Blake, break up with your bank and join Wells Fargo. Bankless has been acquired by Wells Fargo. Okay. <laughs> so I sent this email out because it's April 1st. It's April Fool's Day, guys. Uh, sent, sent this out. And um, look, man, I didn't think it was super serious. Like, there are a lot of, I mean... Um, hints that this is all a joke
1: <laughs> not and, everyone got the joke
0: <laughs> i know so it's crazy. All right, yeah so my uh, we've been recording basically all day today we've had like two uh, mm-hmm. big long episodes and uh, i barely got into my email but i looked at it a couple of times and my email is wrecked we got some haters like there is a there so well it's a combination so some people are like I was mad at first, but then I got the joke. Well played, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably 75% of people. And 20% of people are just like, F you. You guys sold out. This is terrible. Unsubscribe. Cancel my subscription. <laughs> uh, I hate this. Right? And it's funny because there's another 5% that are like, congratulations, guys. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Pat yourself on the back. You made it. <laughs> How much so, did we
1: sell banquets for, Ryan?
0: Oh, my God. Well, it wasn't even disclosed in this email, uh, <laughs> in this in this newsletter. So uh, undisclosed. Um, Can you imagine like,
1: what Wells Fargo would want even to do with
0: us? Wells Fargo has been the trope for us, like yeah. from the very beginning mm-hmm. of of being sort of the um, like the bank that we're trying to get away from. Nothing against Wells Fargo. I actually have a Wells Fargo account. Yeah, so do which, I. You know, funny. <laughs> okay. And then there's this picture of you standing in front of a Wells Fargo that mm-hmm. like you use as your profile shot, which. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, that is
1: that is the new the leak information. Is that oh David's profile picture is actually in front of a Wells Fargo bank? That is true. Yep. That was not a joke. That is a real thing.
0: <laughs> so guys, if you if you're part of that twenty percent who's angry about this, don't be. This is an April Fool's joke. Bankless is not selling any of its media <laughs> assets. Will never to Wells Fargo or any other bank. This is not what this movement is about. Uh, if you're part of the seventy five percent who got the joke, thank you i'm not sure it's too it's too early to to know whether i like i regret sending this out or not i think i think it was okay but um we definitely lost some people and if you're part of the five percent congratulating us like i don't know why yeah,
1: why what is the don't congratulate us we don't deserve that
0: yeah we don't deserve that um anyway it's good to see that the 20 percent of the bankless community as well uh is holding us accountable for not selling out on our core beliefs here yeah, that's exactly um right. David, optimism- right, back, back, it, back to real news. Back to the real news. Okay, so that was some of the fake news David alluded to. Um, back to real news. Optimism launch moving from March to July. Okay, so we we're talking about how bullish we are in layer two, but now here is optimism um,
1: announcing another delay. Are you worried about this? Uh, well, yeah, yes and no. Um, I wanted optimism in March. I was calling it optimistic March. Um, but with what I've gathered <laughs> is that- um, be when they do finally release it in July. It's not going to be the same release that we were going to have in March. It's going to be with everyone. There's going to be a full suite of applications in july that that's my takeaway i that is not something i verified with the optimistic team but that's what i've gained from from reading the through the through lines in their posts is that when they do go live it's going to be with a whole entire just suite of fun things to do um on so yeah i will i will be patient uh, and i will excitedly anticipate their launch in july yep
0: well um the uniswap team put the pressure on too they said uniswap VC is launching may 3rd and then optimism shortly after an optimistic version of uniswap v3 shortly after so hopefully shortly means sometime in july uh and we will see hopefully it's a, a, a even stronger launch at that point in time mm-hmm. um david this has been kind of the news of the week uh yeah. visa now settling payments in usdc uh, of course is a stable coin on ethereum settling payments on Ethereum. They're doing this through the crypto.com Visa card. I guess previously, this the settlement of the crypto.com Visa transactions happened in the old traditional banking system. And this is here Visa saying, hey, it's okay. Why don't we just settle USDC? on Ethereum, on the Ethereum mainnet through our custodian. I, th- I think they're using Anchorage as their custodian. But David, this is just like, I think it's, it's a small step in some ways, but it's a, um, a highly significant step because this is the largest payments company, largest credit card processing company in the world, effectively settling transactions for the first time on the public Ethereum network. To me, it means Visa is becoming a side chain of Ethereum. Of course, people will say like, that's hyperbole. You can't say that you're exaggerating things, but this is how it starts, man. It starts with one settlement. And then what's it going to be next? What are we going to see next?
1: Yeah, what's and it's not—it's not just like if, uh, you know, Visa would be like, oh, we're you know, let's get gut all of our old infrastructure. Yeah. <laughs> we use Ethereum now, like like no, that's not what's going on. Perhaps that was—that's what happens in forty years, maybe twenty years, maybe less, but. The way that this starts is that Visa puts one transaction a day on Ethereum to settle up, which is where they are starting. And then they are will learn about how they can use Ethereum block space to manage payments and they the, the Ethereum block space is really advantageous for people that want to settle payments. And so it starts with one transaction a day, but Visa will find a way to make use of Ethereum's block space to better suit their offering that they have as a payment provider. Um, and perhaps that even includes going on to a, a, an L2 roll-up or doing just other things. Uh, and so this is the foot in the door that will, in my opinion, lead to a just a much longer, larger, uh, more uh, rich relationship between Visa and Ethereum.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And, and some people, uh, when I tweeted this out said, but what about the ETH gas fees? H- here's the thing. A company like Visa doesn't care about a $50 gas fee when it's settling billions in transaction volume. Right? Think of the Visa network as an entire side chain. Mm-hmm. And in one transaction on Ethereum, they can literally settle billions worth of a stablecoin value. Right, So I don't care about a $50 transaction here or there. This is an entire side chain doing the settlement.
1: Yeah, and, and I think may, that might come from the uh, misconception that like if you swipe your Visa card, then Visa has to pay like yeah. a $50 transaction on Ethereum. No, 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 that's not how it works. When when 10,000 people swipe their Visa card over the course of the day, then that all gets bundled up and that's one transaction on Ethereum. That's what the Visa Payments Network is. It collects and bundles and aggregates and then settles on whatever um, whatever. Uh, settlement infrastructure they have available to them uh usually that's at banks but now it's also ethereum fees is going bankless yeah yeah absolutely and um i mean this is back to something we've said
0: uh, for for a while is that transactions on the ethereum network will become more and more economically dense so more mm-hmm. and more value per transaction will be settled all right david let's uh let's move to this next um uh, tweet. Well, actually, this is sort of a, a bit of news. So, Tether just released some assurances that they are fully backed. This has always been a question Is Tether fully backed or is it not? Now, this is an independent auditor uh, saying, Yes, they are. This is uh, more, I'm not sure who this independent auditor is. It almost doesn't even matter who Do it is. Do we have to trust um,
1: this independent auditor, Ryan? That's the point.
0: We have to trust this independent auditor. Um, you contrast that to another stablecoin, which is the DAI stablecoin. And all of the backing is 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 basically uh, transparent and open and evident and auditable on the Ethereum blockchain, and that happens every 13 seconds. Every time a new Ethereum block is released, uh, we have the assurances that Dai is is backed. We don't need auditors. I just thought this was an interesting juxtaposition between you know Tether, which is kind of in this in between place of not really being DeFi. It's sort of a like a tokenized version of traditional finance, and Dai, which is purely a DeFi protocol, and uh, man, it's it's so cool that um,
1: like you know we could show the difference and stark contrast here. Yeah, with uh, with you know Tether, you have to trust the auditor, but with Dai, you are the auditor, right? Well, like where does the power lie? Well said. Mm-hmm. That's a good line. All right, uh, David.
0: Let's talk about what Ave is doing. They've got some layer 2 plans as well. What are their plans?
1: Yeah, they are integrating Ave on Polygon, which seems to be like the billionth integration I've seen like happen on Polygon. For some reason, everyone seems to to really want to deploy on Polygon it's here you know it's yeah, here and it it's works true. it's true um, and so I guess congratulations to Polygon and uh, I'm looking forward to de- moving my Aave position over to Polygon because every time I do anything on Aave it costs like $150 which is ridiculous yeah that's no fun gotta
0: go that's to fun. layer two mm-hmm. alright
1: David uh, let's talk NFT stuff oh, man. God. this
0: do you see the did you see the SNL on NFTs this mm-hmm. is actually a great explainer like my wife watched this like uh, I was like if you want to understand NFTs don't listen to Bankless watch this SNL skit <laughs>
1: <laughs> Should oh, I play it? That hurts. Uh yeah. yeah. Sure. Let, let, let's watch a, a short little clip. Now what the hell's an NFT? apparently cryptocurrency everyone's making so much money. Can you please explain what's an NFT? I said what the hell's an NFT? It's like real life monopoly. Everyone is doing it like Gronkowski. Can you please help NFT? Son, I
0: didn't understand a word you just said. <laughs> think- That's amazing, dude. So <laughs> It's like it's like uh, got a version of Janet Yellen, and people in the classroom are trying to explain to her what NFTs are, and, and it, like the explanations get increasingly complex, but also increasingly accurate. Surprisingly, like SNL writers, y- mm-hmm. you guys understand what an NFT is. Maybe we've got some bankless, uh, you know, listeners in in the audience, but um, but yeah, it's just a great three and a half minute explanation of NFTs for mainstream. So look, if we're on SNL, it means we're mainstream,
1: right? Yeah, but does that also mean it's the top question mark? People have been saying it's the (laughs) NFT top for like months now, so I'm not convinced. Um I think I think the NFTs are just in the beginning of integrating their way into public consciousness. Well Michael Jordan agrees with you. So Michael
0: Jordan just joined uh, a three hundred and five million dollar investment in NBA Top Shot. So this is the NFT platform, the NFT train um, cool. produced by Dapper Labs. So what's your take on this, David?
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't like. I've I've been cordial about Flow uh, in the past, but cool. I'm I'm losing my patience. Uh, if it's a L1 blockchain, it needs to have state nation state level censorship resistance and. It, this is, does not have that and therefore these are these are not nfts and so i'm worried about the future of dapper labs and the future of nfts if they begin to be associated by dapper labs on flow
0: i'm not worried about the future of dapper labs because it looks like they are uh just minting revenue right now so i think they're doing quite okay I'm, I'm speaking although
1: regulatory uh landscape like, regulatory oh interesting mm-hmm.
0: i think that uh it'd be great to have somebody from dapper labs to sort of articulate the the points on this and um, have a discussion on it um certainly in the past the uh the flow blockchain has been has been touted as an ethereum killer in some ways an ethereum alternative i'm not sure if that's the posture they would take now um but sort of the the you know, reason CryptoKitties didn't work, we needed flow is sort of the thing. Um, but I think that there's maybe a, a more nuanced take and we should have some folks from Dapper Labs yeah. on at some time to kind of explain what Top Shots is. One thing I will say that's awesome is they are getting more people, at least talking about NFTs, talking about crypto. Now, whether they're NFTs or not, maybe you might debate, but um, it's, it's certainly a gateway of some kind. Sure. They're not NFTs they're faking <laughs> it there you go this is david Hoffman. all right let's talk about an ethereum story a real x nft x y equals k all right what's this story
1: yeah. X times Y equals K. That's the uh, Uniswap V3 animation that came out from a uh, people pleaser, which uh, the uh, the animation itself pleased a lot of people. So true to her name. Uh, and I did a little uh, put on my journalist hat and I went out and I interviewed uh, Leighton Cusack, who uh, helped form Pleaser DAO, which generated enough capital to put over half a million dollars as a bid down on people pleasers NFT. Uh, And also, People Pleaser is donating all of that money to charity to help support marginal communities. And so I think the through line here is that this is really just a fantastic story of what makes Ethereum so great. Uh, And I give that summary, Ryan. You're scrolling down to it right here. Okay. X, X, X times Y equals K was sold for over half a million dollars because it leveraged the best of what Ethereum has to offer. Capital formation in the DAO, a financial asset in the NFT, cultural expression in the animation, and market values based on human values, which is the legitimacy. And so, Ryan, if you scroll down just a little bit more, I put a graphic in there that I think sums it up nicely. Uh, I use this image of a camera to illustrate what's going on here. A camera has a lens in it, which focuses light, and it allows... People that perceive beauty to you look, uh, focus their, their perception through a lens and allows them to see an object that they find beautiful. Uh, and what Ethereum does is allowed people to all come together in a DAO and focus their capital on purchasing this NFT, which they found had market value and that they wanted. Uh, and so the story, the through line here is that Ethereum enabled people to get what they wanted to get done that was aligned with what they wanted to see in the world. And I think it's a pretty cool through line. It's super cool. I'm interested to see what they do with this NFT. It seems like the people Please or Dow maybe have the
0: idea of like creating a um, almost like a digital museum of artifacts mm-hmm. from uh, the
1: early DeFi history, this being one such artifact. Are That's they going to have cool. a capital formation event? For further capital to f- for purchase further DeFi art question mark mm, Looks like I know somebody who wants to get in on yeah, that. So, I want
0: in um, on that for I'll be sure. Covering that. <laughs> All right, David. Uh, NFT marketplace, OpenSea plants. We're in the NFT section, by the way. In case you guys didn't notice. NFT marketplace OpenSea plans to integrate Layer 2 protocol Immutable X. Excited about Immutable X because this is a way to scale NFTs mm-hmm. in a decentralized way. So this, in some ways, if if you're worried about Flow, this is kind of the, the answer the, to the Flow killer it's backed by ethereum it's secured by ethereum maybe flow is a different thing i don't know if they kill each other but but yeah it's definitely the answer the ethereum native answer to uh flow it looks like opensea is planning to integrate immutable into their protocol when we talked to opensea devin from opensea they they seemed really open to uh, integrating everything, though, I'm not sure that they had a bias in one direction or the other. I'm sure they're going to have Flow on there. I'm sure they're going to have Immutable X. I'm sure right. they're going to have every other chain that has NF- so-called NFTs.
1: Yeah, OpenSea is just an NFT explorer, right? And so naturally, as Immutable X, which is a very hyped NFT uh, uh, NFT optimized L2, uh, OpenSea is going to be able to take uh, NFTs that are on your Immutable X L2 and display that as assets that you own on on OpenSea. Um, so that's pretty cool. David, I'm going to burn through these last ones because want to get to takes with okay. some
0: remaining time. But Bitcoin, Goldman, is introducing Bitcoin to their high net worth individuals. feel like Goldman Sachs always knows where the, the gold is, always knows where the money is. looks like they can see the writing on the wall. Uh, large high net worth individuals want to hold assets like Bitcoin, so they're offering them that service. I always feel like I, I see a headline like this. Uh, in, in most bull cycles. Goldman is doing something in crypto. Uh, maybe they're for real this time. This is one on regulation, but Coinbase has paid a fine to the CFTC for some purported wash trading. Uh, and I guess a related story to this, I'm wondering if you could link them. Coinbase's direct listing. Again, they are IPOing. They're going to uh, list directly on the NASDAQ. And that's actually planned for April 14th, That's which very I close. didn't know. This is like breaking news, I feel like, or this is new as of for for me today. Are those two bits of news related?
1: Yeah, probably. Uh, I'm guessing that Coinbase needs to come clean because it's about to go public. And so perhaps it made the mistake of allowing wash trading on its platform in its early days. um, And so now it's atoning for its sins. So it's coming clean to Uncle Sam so it can go public. Uh, And I think this is a a lesson in long term Uh, playing long-term games. Uh, And so Coinbase, uh, regrettably for a short period of time, forgot to play long-term games and now had to pay a fine. Uh, And so perhaps this is a lesson to be learned for every young upstarting project or company or whatever. If you don't play long-term games from the very start, you're going to have to pay the fines in the future. Um, So play long-term games.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, All right, let's get to... What's next is, uh, this is, this is maybe the last uh, news item, FTX. So that is a crypto exchange, a crypto bank, um, up-and-comer, mm-hmm. almost like a, a Binance Jr. That's yeah, what I exactly. think of FTX. Mm-hmm. They uh, are getting their name put on the side of a stadium in, in Miami. So a, a major sports stadium. Um, dude, you know what? This reminds me of like a, a banker play. Um, HSBC, slap it mm-hmm. its name on the side of of stadiums been doing that for a while like other big banks do this all of the time is this just like a banker move or what is this
1: yeah the difference here is that ftx is an unregulated offshore exchange that is serving u.s customers in ways that it should not and so my my mind goes to the icarus metaphor flying a little bit too close to the sun sam (laughs) now
0: now uh u.s regulators has definitely heard of you if they're if they're attending that stadium david (laughs) Uh, Let's get to takes in just a minute, but before we do, we want to tell you about the fantastic sponsors that made this Roll Ups episode possible.
1: If you are looking for a product that connects your fiat bank account with DeFi tokens and products, you need to download the Dharma mobile app. Dharma is a non-custodial smart contract wallet and comes with a bridge that connects you right into your bank account. Dharma is the fastest and most efficient wallet between your fiat in your bank account and any token on Uniswap or even any vault in Yearn. With Dharma, you can get over $25,000 per week into the DeFi universe and you can do it non-custodially. If you or anyone you know is hot on DeFi and you're trying to get your money into a DeFi investment, Dharma is the place to go. Signing up and going through KYC is an absolute breeze. It took me just under three minutes. And after signing into my bank account via Plaid, I am now just one transaction away from any token that Uniswap has to offer. Go to www.dharma.io. That's D-H-A-R-M-A dot Download the Darba app and get yourself unbanked today. If you want to live a bankless life, you need to get a Monolith DeFi Visa card. Monolith is both a one-two punch of an Ethereum smart contract wallet, as well as an accompanying Visa card that lets you spend the money that you have in your Ethereum wallet wherever Visa is accepted. It's really a fantastic tool that lets you use Ethereum for what it does best, which is holding and managing your financial assets, but also keeps you connected to the rest of the world's payment rails. Monolith also offers on-ramp services for getting your fiat money into the world of DeFi. So it's trivial to top up your Monolith card if ever you need to, and your deposited money goes straight into your non-custodial wallet. So your money is never held by a centralized intermediary because your monolith wallet is native to Ethereum. Monolith helps you transcend both the legacy and the crypto worlds because the money that you hold in your monolith wallet has the power of DeFi behind it. Swapping assets on Uniswap or earning yield in DeFi is at your fingertips, but with Monolith, so are the groceries at your grocery store or the coffee at your coffee shop. Go to monolith.xyz to sign up and get your Monolith Visa card today. All right, David, you ready to get into the hot takes? Hot takes, let's do it, my favorite.
0: All right, Niraj has always got some hot takes, so <laughs> he, he's talking about um, and NFTs and he's saying, he's like, who's buying all this shit? Uh, and this is the response. Maybe you should read it and, and give me the interpretation here.
1: Yeah, I, th- this, I thought this was really interesting. This is a really good point. What if art people bought stupid shit all the time, but already, but blockchain lets us see how large that market actually is? Like, wow, actually, a really important point. Like what, like all these stupid NFTs that are that are being bought. Well, there's a lot of stupid art out there too. Maybe the only difference is that it's actually just transparent and we get to see all the stupid shit that people buy because it's art. Like, maybe that's what's going on. You're just saying who's to say what's stupid and what's not? Sure, sure, yeah. Because mm-hmm. the market kind of decides.
0: Although, a job rule, fire festival, painting, that sounds pretty stupid to me. It sounds pretty stupid to me, it, but not the a rule. And it sold for 122K. So, uh, there's an element of, like, values in the eye of the beholder, particularly for NFTs. Mm-hmm. What's this ne- next take? Oh, dude, this was on a, a great Reddit thread that right. was actually, I think, inspired by our Ultrasound Money post, mm-hmm. and um, Vitalik kind of led the thread on r slash Ethereum, but what's the take here?
1: Yeah, the the take is that, uh, this is from Bobot on r our, our Ethereum. Uh, is it possible that proof of work was needed as a way to create the preconditions of token value and decentralization that make for a successful proof of stake? This is something that we've mentioned on the Bankless program here or here, and later. Proof of stake is not actually a distribution mechanism. It's a security mechanism. Proof of work is, by proxy of its inefficiencies, a distribution mechanism because Bitcoin is... Uh, Bitcoin is secured by sell pressure on BTC. Miners have to sell the BTC they make, and this is a distribution mechanism. Bitcoiners like this because it prevents any one miner from just having a, a monopoly on, on not having to sell any of their BTC. Um, and so the, the, the second half of this take is that I keep, uh, he says, he or she says, I keep thinking back to Netflix spending many years mailing people DVDs as a way to build a streaming service. They needed an early iteration on the concept that bridged the older, more physical world into the newer, more virtual one. And so, you know, when we were, when we were renting DVDs from Netflix and they would mail them to us, it's because literally the bandwidth of the internet wasn't good enough, and so they just mailed us the DVD. And so the, the, uh, the corollary here is that uh, proof of work is this kind of old system that's rooted into the physical world that's not yet optimized for the virtual world, but now with proof of stake, we do have that optimization where we can, instead of mailing DVDs, we can just start streaming. Uh, I like the parallel here. Yeah, I like that analogy. I'm with it, I got it.
0: Let's, uh, let's go to the next one. So this is from uh, Jacob um, from Twitter. So just a reminder, Vitalik coined Ethereum as the Lego of crypto finance in 2014. Here, David, I thought you came up with the Money Lego meme, but apparently Vitalik front ran you in 2014. Mm-hmm. Lego of crypto finance. Yeah, Money um, Legos is more catchy, though. Yeah, it's true. You perfected it. Well mm-hmm. done, sir. <laughs> uh, second, the white paper calls out DeFi as the first category of applications for Ethereum. And I think his point is this critics will tell you that Ethereum's n- narrative keeps changing, in quote, no, you just caught up. Sweetheart, he says. <laughs> nice, A little nice. sassy there. Mm-hmm. Um, I look, man. I, I've never understood that 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 critique that Ethereum's narrative keeps changing because no, it hasn't. It's always been about DeFi, um, always from the very beginning. Right. Like I've, I, hopefully, if if you're listening to this, like go back and. Read the white paper. And these are use cases that Vitalik talked about in the white paper, decentralized finance use cases that are coming to fruition. Have come to fruition. Money Legos was predicted in 2014. This has always been partially about a decentralized uh, money system, money platform, a bankless money system. DeFi was always part of the vision. I think one thing that might be true from the critics' perspective is that the ETH narrative, ETH the asset, That narrative has changed. Sure. And to that, I would say, okay, fair enough, right? When ETH was presented, it was very much presented as um, an asset to pay for Ethereum transactions, almost like a cryptocurrency to pay for a commodity. And the commodity is Ethereum block space. That's changed. But the reason it's changed is because people started using it as money, David. That's why it changed. Uh, you know, it, it changed because the use case changed, uh, essentially, it didn't change because like, some mastermind is trying to pull an over on you and, and sneak in new narratives, right? Um, and look, the Bitcoin narrative has changed right. uh, as well over the years in the, in the same way. So what's your take on this?
1: Yeah, the, I think people that, that point out Ethereum's changing narratives have it backwards. Like n- narratives don't lead crypto systems, crypto systems lead narratives. When we when we created the internet as humanity, we didn't know what we created. We had to discover what the internet was. And the same thing with Bitcoin. Like we didn't know what Bitcoin was at Genesis. Uh, we didn't know that there was going to be a civil war between block size over store of value asset or cash payment Bitcoin. We didn't know what yep. that was going to become. We only knew it in hindsight. The Bitcoin narrative changes just as much as the Ethereum narrative. We are discovering what Ethereum is. We are discovering what these things will be we do not create them we they happen to us blockchains
0: aren't created they are discovered hasu mm-hmm. quoted that from our monday tweet i think he's actually quoting vitalik as well he's always at the root of everything dude <laughs> sorry uh, all right tweet from hayden adams who mm-hmm. by the way uh we're having on the podcast soon um available he, today he go this, watch it available today after, go after watch you it. finish watching this Yeah. Well, here's what he says. If you're building something valuable for the Uniswap ecosystem, consider replacing venture capital races with a governance proposal. Wow. The Uniswap community will fund your project, guys. You don't need a VC. Mm -hmm. You don't need capital from outside investors. You can just apply for a Uniswap fund if you're building something related to the Uniswap ecosystem.
1: Pretty cool. Yeah, the fantastic thing is, is that Uniswap is just allowing builders to not have to sell part of their company. And so, I mean, Uniswap has $2.7 billion denominated in UNI tokens. So if that goes up, then the treasury goes up. $2.7 billion is effectively infinite money. Uh, And and so I think this is a a great, just, it's part of the whole, like, Cool stuff about Ethereum is what does this enable? You don't have to sell out your company. You can just go get free money from Uniswap if you are build something that is in alignment with what the protocol wants.
0: Let's talk about cool stuff. Crypto culture is tight. Crypto culture that. is David, tight. That is why you that. say
1: why why is why is that your take? Why is it tight? What's uh, awesome about it? we we have funny jokes we have funny memes we have funny lingo <laughs> we have a good time we don't have to sell our companies because crypto culture is tight we just apply for grants uh we we exist on the internet we have digital relationships we are pioneering what will be the in my opinion the future of culture uh, of humanity and it's going to be digital it's not going to be changing the the legacy culture the the worldwide culture because humans are moving online and so we are pioneering digital culture and it's really tight and we do not have to sell to wells fargo and we don't have to sell to wells fargo who would do such a thing (laughs) (laughs) all right david let's talk what are you excited about this week I'm excited about rugging the Fed. And this idea came to me uh, when I was writing the Market Monday piece, which was uh, about the the Visa settling on Ethereum. And so this is how we slowly rug the Fed. And Ryan, if you want to go into my article, I I kind of gave a a nice little illustration about what this means. And so Visa is using Ethereum as its settlement layer. It's using USDC, um, but it doesn't always have to use USDC. Um, Ryan, if you want to scroll down to that, that first graphic. Um, and so we, we have this Visa just incorporating itself between its, its merchants, Coinbase, Bitpanda, uh, Crypto.com, BlockFi, settling USDC-denominated denominated payments on Ethereum. But, but Visa is just a profit maximalist company. They will do what the people want. And they will settle assets, even if they're not dollars, if the people want them. And so all of a sudden, instead of perhaps settling USDC, maybe we're settling DAI. Maybe we're settling Rye. Maybe we're settling an Algo stablecoin that has nothing to do with the Federal Reserve that's not pegged to the dollar. And so this is how we rug pull the Fed. Like first we get Visa to settle US dollar payments on Ethereum. Then we get Visa to settle perhaps die on Ethereum. And then we get Visa to settle something that has nothing to do with the Federal Reserve. And then if you scroll down to the last graphic, Ryan, then we have a new bankless, uh, one more, uh, then we have a new bankless uh, infrastructure where Visa is settling payments and it has nothing to do with the dollar or the Federal Reserve. And that is how we ru- rug pull the Fed. You know, my response to that is, David, tell me I'm excited. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell them quiet, quiet, sir. <laughs> this is the secret. Not until our plan is closer to conclusion.
0: <laughs> I mean, but the good thing about this is um, even if you very much believe in the central banking system in the U.S., i S I'm not sure that we have a lot of those listeners, but even if you do, let's say you do um, you know, isn't it a good thing that central banks around the world now have to compete for the people, right? They, they don't carte blanche get to be our reserve currency. They actually have to compete with alternative alternative store of values that the market has created, that the people have created from the ground up. That's going to be a net benefit. Even if the, 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 the Fed doesn't get fully rugged, the fact that maybe there's the threat of them getting rugged, like, makes a better central banking system too. So even if you're not fully into the idea of the, the Fed rug pull, like the, the presence of crypto mm-hmm. is going to hold central banks more accountable. And this is a net good thing for society. That's my take. Yeah, but this also, is an, sh- an extension <laughs> out of the
1: sovereign individual thesis where the ability, ability to exit is new. And that is what crypto systems offer and now we can finally exit from the fed maybe you don't want to exit from the fed but like right like you just said ryan having that option is always advantageous to the people all right ryan what are you excited about david i'm excited
0: about the hayden adams podcast this has been a year in the making over 12 months in the making we've been in hayden's dms we've been asking him publicly on twitter it's almost become a running joke because it's been like hayden adams from uniswap he is of course The creator of uniswap when he coming on bankless and uh he's always been like oh the time's not quite right like soon Mm -hmm. but not yet (laughs) it finally happened we got him we got hayden adams on the podcast we actually just talked to him uh today and this is a long podcast two and a half hours long but we go through the entire history of uniswap from inception i think this is going to be a, a story that the history books will tell like in in line with the the start of Apple computer, the start of Microsoft, right? Early Silicon Valley companies. This is a story for the ages. And so we wanted to chronicle it well. So we go through that history and then we talk about Uniswap V3, which Hayden thinks will be even even more important to the to the world. Like Uniswap V1, V2 has been just the start on this journey. And he believes that that V3 is kind of the next chapter that's going to send uh, Uniswap into the trillions uh, in terms of in terms of volume, exceeding the S and P 500, exceeding Nasdaq, exceeding the traditional financial exchanges. So, go watch it, uh, David. I guess it's a question to you. I know you're editing, busy editing after
1: this podcast. When's it coming out? Uh, right now, it's available right now. Uh, if you're uh. watching this on YouTube, go watch it but not before you watch the meme of the week, which comes next. Shall we get into that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, David. Let's get into the meme of the week. What are we looking at here? Yeah, so Diversify put out that fantastic uh, Ethereum L2 ecosystem, and they also released their Cardano ecosystem as well. Look at it, oh, it's nothing. No, there's nothing there. <laughs> there's a skeleton. Because Cardano doesn't have smart contracts. Are, are, we, are, are we being mean here? Is this, is this sweet meme or is there a lesson here? I wish when I was getting into crypto back in 2017 and I thought about like a poly chain universe of, oh yeah, every single chain will exist. Uh, I th- wish somebody would be, would, uh, was mean to me back then. So I would get some, some sense slapped into me. Um, Cardano is not a real system. It's not live. It doesn't have contracts. It doesn't have an app layer. It just has Charles Hawkinson, who is a bitter developer, uh, who is trying to, I don't know, cl- like gr- grasp for straws for attention. That's my hot take. That's some spice. I mean, the the thing about uh, Cardano
0: is that its its market cap is something like 50 billion, oh, 30 to fifty billion dollars. So it's a massive market cap. It's being valued as if it is a uh, legitimate threat or a legitimate uh, DeFi platform. Uh, and the the reality is like there's there's no ecosystem. There's there. nothing there. There are no smart contracts there. And no one's building. I on think that the message is like through this meme is. Um, make sure you do your own research, folks, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's very easy to watch somebody on YouTube tell you that some token is going to go to the moon, um, not tell you why, but like hype it up. Like, have you used the system? Have mm-hmm. you ever done anything of value on on a system like Cardano? If the answer to that is no, if you can't even use it, then you gotta question what you're buying, right? This has always been core to the, the bankless um, platform, the bankless thesis is, You only become an informed investor because you use these systems in the real world. And if you're not willing to spend the time to go use the system and test it out and see it do something of value, don't buy it. You're not an informed investor until you do that. You're just buying into a narrative. Narratives can be dangerous. They can be destructive. That's the message here
1: behind the meme. Yeah. That's the, that's the nice message. Uh, I I prefer the mean message. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) But But I won't won't reiterate it. I already (laughs) said it. (laughs)
0: Guys, risks and disclaimers. Of course, ETH is risky. Bitcoin is risky. All of crypto is risky. So is DeFi. You could lose what you put in. Especially Cardano. Cardano is really risky. Uh, But we are headed west. This is the frontier. It's not for everyone. But thanks for joining us on The Bankless Journey.